Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, baby. It's going to get cold outside. Joining us today on the podcast to talk about it, Global News Weather Specialist Mike Conkin. Also, one of the reporters involved in that one-hour crime special that you can watch Sunday night at 6 o'clock on Global TV, Joe Scarpelli. That's going to be good television. Joe will preview it for us today on the podcast. And also... Dr. Cyrus Dirksen. Please rate the podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast. And now, the podcast. Mike Conkin. I saw Nickelback at the Pyramid with about 250 other people, and that was probably every fan they had in the province of Manitoba at that time. But they were excellent. They they even gave a shout out to a number of the different clubs like the pyramid the last time I saw them yeah. here in the city. So they remember their roots. You, they do. Absolutely they do. All right. Um it's going to get cold. Uh, in yep. fact, I I put this in my lineup here uh, which I share with Cam and others around here so people know what we're going to talk about on the show. Mike Conkin, Global News weather specialist and underneath the, your name I said baby it's going to get cold outside. It is. Will it ever? Yeah. So right now you said it was minus six, downright balmy, I think is the official uh, condition. Yeah. And then right. tomorrow, balmier still. Uh, there is going to actually be an Alberta clipper that moves across the prairie. So if people are traveling, you are going to hear about snow around the prairies uh, tonight, tomorrow. But the temperatures are certainly going to get your attention a whole lot more. In behind that Alberta clipper are going to be some very strong winds. So the winds are going to pick up later in the day on Saturday, probably into Saturday night as well and into Sunday morning. They are going to come straight out of the north. So if you are spending time outside on Sunday, it is going to be a cool northerly breeze that is going to help escort those temperatures down to around minus 20 in the afternoon. And then is that it? Is the cold going to stick around for a while? Have we finally reached winter? I think so, Hal. Uh, We actually could see extreme cold warnings put on in northern Manitoba for Sunday morning. So the north is going to get it first. This is really going to be a whole provincial affair. The north will be experiencing temperatures around or below minus 30 on Sunday morning. The wind chill values minus 40, minus 45, and 45 is the extreme cold warning criteria for most of the north. Uh, so we could see some warnings pop up at that point, and then that cold is going to make its way further south. So by Monday morning, we will be well below minus 20 degrees, and daytime highs Monday through Wednesday probably at least. It looks like temperatures are going to stay below that minus 20 mark. Some models have a little bit of an uptick above minus 20 as we get closer to Friday, but it is going to feel like mid-January starting Monday. Yeah, and then overnight, so if we're going to see daytime highs that cold, overnight yeah. what are we looking at for lows? Well, it doesn't, we, there are some models that will put us a little bit below minus 30, but it looks like probably Ugh. mostly in that, my, yeah, it's still cold regardless, uh, minus 25 to minus 28. The winds, fortunately, don't look like they're going to be uh, absolutely brutal. But uh, minus 40 is the extreme cold warning criteria for us in southern Manitoba. And it looks like we'll likely get close to that a few times. The models kind of change up what the Mm. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday mornings are going to look like. But probably in that 25 to 30 range is probably pretty safe for pretty much all of us. Yeah. And, you know, the debate uh, this time of the year is always, well, do you want the cold or do you want the snow? The good news is when it's cold, we probably won't get much snow and vice versa, right? So cold, less snow. Yeah, exactly. As much as there is the chance of seeing some flurry activity out there next week, it wouldn't be significant uh, precipitation. You think of 
when we get those bigger storms that would bring a lot in the way of snowfall, it's usually when the temperatures are warm. That's why the spring and the fall are when we get our biggest snowstorms historically. So as we get into the really cold stuff, there will be potentially a little bit of snow out around the prairies, but it's going to be the really small little snowflakes. Mm. There's not as much uh, moisture to to change into snow as we uh, get into next week. But yeah, temperatures are going to be top of mind. But you know what, Mike? I look at the uh, calendar. Today is Friday, December 6th, so the cold kicks in on Sunday, December the 8th, right? Right. Which, in my mind, if I'm being a glass-half-full kind of guy, which is rare for me, but I'm feeling like that today, uh, if I think of it like that, we've had basically a month knocked off what could be winter, right? Because we've had a pretty good month. Normally, once we're into November, anything can happen even into late October, but we've had a pretty good first month of winter. It's true. You are spot on. We've The second half of November, the first half was quite cold, and there were a couple days, the 10th yep. and 11th, which were the coldest ones. And right. then the second half of November, we warmed up quite nicely. So since mid-November, we have been experiencing pretty much almost nearly every day above seasonal temperatures. And so we're going to start to see that change. Uh, today's actually not too far from normal. It's pretty par for the course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, starting Sunday, that's when we get the drop-off. So we've been kind of due for some cooler weather. The only thing is that it's going to be well below normal rather than kind of just below. A normal high this time of year is uh, minus 8 degrees. Overnight temperatures minus 18. So when the temperatures are staying colder than minus 20, it's it's going to be noticeable. Mm. We're gonna we're gonna feel that one. Yeah. Hey, uh, thanks for this. Are you going to the Christmas party tonight? I am. I was going to try to make a segue with that glass half full thing that you mentioned, <laughs> but <laughs> well, yeah. No, no. And are but you yes, bringing are you, you are you bringing your lovely lady with you tonight? One hundred percent. She will well, be there. I am as well. And please uh, tell her that I will be in much better shape this year than I was last year. <laughs> Will you please tell her that for me? I will I will let her know, but that's Thank okay. Thank you. Everybody appreciates people who are glass half full folks at <laughs> yes, Christmas parties. Right. Thank you, Mike Conkin. Thank you, Hal. See you tonight. Mike Conkin, our global news weather specialist. First of all, let's talk about this uh, one-hour crime special on Global TV on Sunday night at 6. We're calling it Global News Investigates Winnipeg's crime wave and all the reporters are in on this and one of the reporters is global news reporter joe scarpelli uh who joins us now and and joe i understand that you're going to be taking a look at police resources and response time yeah so part of the um uh, my segment there i uh, i went on a ride along with uh one uh, with a police officer and uh, you know, I just I got to see firsthand how uh, how busy they are. So, and I was told I saw a slow night. Now, a sl- the the slow night that I saw was when I start when when we started the shift. When I got in the car with the police officer, yeah, right. there were forty calls sitting in the queue. That's forty nine one one calls waiting for a response. That's just in the north end. That's not citywide. That's just in the north end. And so, you know, we started chipping away at it. All the, there was about 14 cruisers in the uh, north end alone. So they're all trying to chip away at the, at the queue. Hey, Joe, then, can I interrupt you, Joe? What time of night, did you say this? What time is this at night? Is it an evening shift? The, yeah, it's, it's, it's overnight. So okay. we, we uh, got out, I think it was around 10 o'clock, maybe a little bit after 10 okay. o'clock. Okay. Yeah. So we're, uh, all, all the, all 14 cruisers are chipping away at the, uh, at the 911 calls, but right. then urgent ones come in. So, 
the one that I saw was there was an armed robbery at a at a North End gas station. So all fourteen cruisers are tied up, but they so the ones that not at low priority calls mm-hmm. had to leave and you know turn this armed robbery one into a priority. Right. So uh, I, I, I put a handful of uh, uh, police cruisers all responded there. The uh, I was there too with the officer I was with. Yeah. And uh, so they 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 had to respond to that one. Did a, a quick search of the area. Um, that one, uh, the, the suspect had got away after the uh, initial search. So I believe it was K-9 that took over the, um, you know, trying to gather uh, where this suspect may have went. And then mm-hmm. all the other officers went back to chipping away at, uh, at the 911 queue. Right. And then by the end of the shift, we were still sitting at... 40 calls it was wow. just it's just they, they they keep coming in and coming in and then you try and chip away but then you just fall behind again yeah and i was told that was a slow night hmm. now i uh i asked the chief about this and uh here's what he had to tell me it's not unusual for us to get up into the hundreds uh although you know it's kind of become the norm but it's way out of whack that's too many calls to be sitting in the queue from my perspective wow yeah crazy and here's the other thing we hear from police too, Joe. We've heard this from them before that, uh, you know, and like you said, an armed robbery at a gas station. Well, you might get six, seven cruisers go and deal with that, right? And those cruisers are tied up there for a time. Maybe one or two get back into the system to deal with the 911 calls that are in the queue. But the point is the calls are coming in so fast, they can't catch up, right? And so we see, I mean, we've heard numbers in the queue citywide of, you know, 350, 400 calls. Um, police are just overwhelmed right now. Yeah, after that, uh, after that armed robbery at the, at the gas station, uh, we, uh, the officer I was with, we responded to a, uh, a fight. And as we were going to that, all the other officers were, were back on the road, either going to the, the calls that they had to leave or uh, trying to chip away at the queue. Yep. And, so as we were on the uh, on our way to this fight, another call came in. Uh, a lady had her had her purse robbed by five men. They fled in a van, and there was no officers that were able to respond to that call. That that had to just take a backseat temporarily while everyone had higher priority calls to to get mm-hmm. to. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm curious to know your thoughts on this, Joe. You were right in it like you were you know except not you know you didn't have a gun strapped around your waist but you were out with police you were dealing with what they deal with or at least watching it uh go down um were you surprised at how hectic it is how many calls are coming in the kinds of stuff they're dealing with were you blown away like i'm sure you went in with an expectation of what it was going to be like was it worse when you were there well, my, that that definitely like my uh, definition of a slow night. What, that 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 had changed. I yeah. I didn't think forty right. calls in a queue was a was a was a slow night. Now I'll be there were there were maybe there weren't as many high priority calls. Mm. There were uh, a few that I had just uh, mentioned, but uh, that that definitely changed my perspective. You know, forty calls is to me what I thought w- was high, but yeah. it's it's really these days it's not. Yeah. Hey, uh, Joe, I know you guys have worked really hard on this. I hear it's great. I can't wait to see it Sunday night at 6 on Global TV. Thanks for all the hard work on this. Thanks, Al. Global News reporter Joe Scarpelli. And again, it's called Global News Investigates Winnipeg's Crime Wave. All aspects 
of the uh, crime in our city will be looked at over that hour on global television at 6 o'clock on Sunday night. Dr. Cyrus Dirksen is here. DrCyrus.com, D-R-S-Y-R-A-S.com. It's that easy. If you enjoy some of the stuff that Dr. Cyrus has to say, you can find him at DrCyrus.com. Usually, uh, we go into this half hour on Fridays with Dr. Cyrus with four things to talk about. We usually get all four in. Doc, good to see you. How are you? It's good to be here. Feeling good. Are you growing out the... I know it's radio. Nobody can see this. Are you growing out the beard a little no, bit? No, no, no. Just lazy. Okay. All right. No, I get that. I, I'm a terrible... I shave once a week. Oh, it's horrible. And by the end of the week, I look like crap, but uh, I get it. I understand the uh, the lazy part. Uh, Dr. Cyrus Dirksen, here we go. Headline number one. Why stress doesn't always cause depression is uh, I guess stress must be a causer of depression though eh? for for a lot of people it is I mean uh, this was an interesting study because they they took rats and they gave them it's always rats eh? yeah Yeah, anyway so they took these rats they gave them a place where they could get um, kind of some stimulation to make them feel better yeah and then what they did was they gave them social stress and then what would happen is uh, they would put them in this socially stressful situation with another rat Mm -hmm. uh, and then they would give them opportunity about 15 minutes later to get this stimulus uh, to you know make themselves feel better. Yeah. And they found that some of the rats would need more than others. Some rats seem who seem to be susceptible to depression or a loss of interest in their activities uh, would actually press more on this. They would need more intensity to actually recover from mm. the stress that they had experienced. So surmising this to humans, it seems that uh, potentially some people require more um, kind of good feelings or good moments afterwards in order to recover uh, from a stressful situation in their life. And so that's why the headline is why stress doesn't always cause uh, depression. Because some of us seem to just be immune. Yeah. Well, definitely, though, some people handle it better. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would argue there was a time in my life, and this Mm -hmm. is not the case anymore, there was a time in my life when I thrived on stress. Mm -hmm. The more, the better, Mm -hmm. right? So there are some people that deal with it better for sure Mm -hmm. than others, right? And it depends how you define stress, because if you define stress as a level of activation, uh, as a level of kind of input, things change, you know, like, so some people actually to reduce their, uh, the stress on their system actually need to increase the level of activation in their environment. They need more input from the things around them Mm. in order to actually feel less stress. Otherwise they might feel underutilized. Like if I put a person in a box and turned off the lights, uh, you know, and just let them sit there, they would be extremely stressed. Although you would say, well, they don't have anything to do. So shouldn't they be relaxed? Mm. Well, they don't have enough to do. Um, I remember going to a resort one time in the off season and it was actually, <laughs> yeah, I think I know where you're going with yeah, this. And I was like, oh, we're going to be, we're going to enjoy it so much. There's yeah. going to be nobody around to bother us, yeah. you know? And, and we went and it was like, this is actually kind of boring, you know? It's like, there's not enough people to watch, yeah. you know, like and see kind of and not enough get, activity. And did it get to the point where the inactivity was stressful? <laughs> it was, well, I, I think it was still okay, but it was like, yeah, yeah. like it could be, it could right. get there, yeah. you know, like where you're like, this isn't pleasant anymore because yeah. 
I'm not being activated mm. enough by my environment. Yeah. And so some people require more activation than others. So mm. it's not when you're not, when you're stressed or when you see somebody struggling, you can't just say automatically, you need to go to a beach somewhere. You need to find a quiet place to spend some time. Sometimes people actually, people need more problems in their life. They need more things in order to activate them mm-hmm. uh, than you might think. So, and sometimes, and this is myself a little bit, you have a very fine line where if you get too much you're stressed if you get too little you're stressed and for, and it often happens amongst people who need quite a bit of stress yeah. they often need more more activation from their environment and that okay zone can sometimes shrink in those situations so yeah. I'm, I find myself I'm either too stressed or too bored very quickly it's hard to get myself into that nice place to find that okay. happy medium yes, yes yeah exactly I was just saying to somebody today uh, you know, I, I worked for 30 years, my career, for Freedom 50. If I could hit Freedom 50, hit 50 and just go done, you know, maybe that's mm-hmm. what I... Well, not on my terms, but that was kind of handed to yes, me. Yes. And I was like, well, no, I'm, I'm not ready yet, you know? <laughs> so careful what you wish for. Careful kind of, what right? you wish for, yeah. It's it's amazing. People will always try to solve these problems with just relaxation. That's not always the case. Yeah. All right. Uh, next headline. The newest way to understand the angry people in your life. This is a, this one out of the four headlines. This one caught my eye because I thought, okay, I want to hear about this because um, angry people can be sort of confusing, right? Mm. You wonder where is it all coming from mm-hmm. So and mm-hmm. how do we handle them? Yes. And anger is uh, a defensive feeling. It's a feeling of threat and uh, a way of protecting yourself. So people can protect themselves for a lot of different reasons. So just knowing that somebody's angry doesn't necessarily tell you why. And one of the reasons what this article was talking about was how irritability or anger can be a symptom of ang- of anxiety and depression. Hmm. And um, And they're talking about it in a more general sense, but sometimes people are like, well, how could anxiety be related to anger? Uh, it doesn't, they feel very different. When you think about an anxious person, you think of somebody who's kind of timid in the corner. You don't think of somebody who's in your face yelling. So they seem like opposites. Well, if you think about, uh, we often see this particularly in children. When children come to the clinic and they're angry, sometimes, uh, or one of the first things we look at is whether they're actually anxious, um, And to give you an analogy, for children, they experience anxiety differently because they don't have as much choice over their environment. So if a child is anxious about going to the park, they might still have to go to the park because they have a parent who's going to take them there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, if I took an adult who was anxious about going to the park, well, they're probably not going to go to the park. But if they had somebody else who dragged them to the park as an adult, you would probably see some anger. Mm. And so it's just the reason that children often become angry isn't because... Their biology is all that different. It's just because they're not in control of their environment like an adult is. So an right. adult just generally avoids their anxieties or self or uh, self determines to do it and deals with the consequences, whereas children are dragged. So that's one of the reasons why people can become angry is kind of this anxiety. One of the things, one of the main things though that I look at is actually assertiveness. Uh, typically, and this again doesn't often make sense because yeah. initially, because you don't think about somebody who's angry as having difficulty with assertiveness because they're being overly assertive when they're angry. They're like, they're yelling or they're being super frustrated. Yeah. Uh, but oftentimes people who are angry have real difficult difficulty with quietly and firmly making a boundary with somebody in an appropriate way. Um, they will often hold in all of their thoughts and opinions until they get to the point where they're too frustrated and then they 
kind of act out in some way in order to kind of get around that difficult process of looking somebody in the ant's eye and saying, mm. please don't do that anymore. Right. It just sort of all piles up and mm-hmm. then the floodgates open. I yeah. Think. When we uh, help somebody to uh, become more assertive, oftentimes they don't have to become angry anymore because they are able to create uh, a system around them where people actually know how they're feeling before mm. they get into that inappropriate place. Yeah. So uh, let, so the headline is the newest way to understand the anger, uh, the an- uh, understand the angry people, angry people mm-hmm. in your life. So that's what you were just saying. Yeah. It's not It's not a way to mm-hmm. to deal with them. It's just under, better understanding. Them. They might be anxious. They right. might be depressed. Ah, okay. And they might have difficulty with assertiveness. Yeah. There might be some underlying emotional problem gotcha. that's actually causing them. It's not just that they yeah. had an, you know, They're not angry just angry. Them. There's no, a reason. There's for a reason. It. Okay, I got you. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.